say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome to Shite Talk, an Irish history podcast. Kevin, do you want to tell the listeners why I'm very annoyed at you right now? Uh, Jason's annoyed because I'm going to play five-a-side football and he's not invited because he lives in a different country. <laughs> Yes, that that is exactly why I'm annoyed, and I think that is 100% justifiable. I think that that's ridiculous. You don't even like football. I don't even, yeah. You call it soccer, which is blasphemous. <laughs> I think it's this is an absolute disgrace. I don't call it soccer. I call it kickabout, and I, listen, I enjoy it as much as the next man. You do not. You do not. We've had multiple conversations about this. You hate playing it. You hate watching it even more. You yeah. hate talking about it. It's... Uh, it's yeah, it's it's cutting me deep to my core, Kev. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I love everything about it. I think um we were just talking about the intro song before this. I think the intro song for this week's episode should be Jinx Lennon's new single, Football. That's how much I love the beautiful game. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh yeah, I don't think if you have any other way into football other than Jinx Lennon and poetry. I don't think that's yeah, like, is- that's your Venn diagram. That's you care about football as much as it links to Jinx Lennon. Yeah. And Dundalk. But right, so enough about football and me hating you. Um, we've got some thing. We've got people to give shout outs to this week. Yeah, I was thing. I was laughing that I think we've been doing this for about a year and a half. We're almost on our fortieth episode. Oh, this that, might actually be our fortieth episode. Yeah, I think. Did we start out by going sure we'll do twenty episodes, and if people hate it, we'll just take it down and not tell anyone we ever did. Yeah, it still might do that. No, the reason I, I brought up, uh, yeah, that it's been going for a year and a bit. Every time we try and do like a sort of a new thing, the only thing we've been consistent at is how inconsistent we are. Like two weeks ago, we were like, let's start this new thing where the first person to donate a fiver this week, we'll give them a shout out. And then week two, we forgot to do it. <laughs> but here we are yeah, week three, uh... back on our new <laughs> thing that we're, we're definitely going to remember to do. Well, or we can, but it's either a case of we forgot to do it or we had one week of people getting in touch saying nice things and then come week two, we're like, right, forget that second. <laughs> we overshot ourselves. We thought that the love wouldn't stop and it did. Mm. But um, well, I think, so our shout out from two weeks ago was uh, to Stephen Cox. A, a, a longtime fan of the podcast, a great supporter of the podcast. A sound man. And here's open yourself and your fiance are hearing this in, in good spirits. And then we wanted to thank... Owen Mangan for his uh, yes sage advice. He's he's rooting for us. He is. Owen got on to us with uh, like a giant list of what we could do in terms of sponsorship and how to make money from this thing. Um, so we could maybe he just hates us 
plug in the sponsorship maybe thing. yeah he, he's like if I, <laughs> if I give them enough money and tell them how to make money they'll stop fucking going on about it yeah I think that's you know give a man a fiver he'll shut up for a week tell a man how to make his own fibers he'll finally stop <laughs> plugging buymeacoffee.com as always you can uh, you can follow us at shite talk history instagram gmail now we're on twitter and facebook and the whole lot and another person you could follow online or listen to the podcast of is uh, is one of our friends, Michael Rice, a phenomenal comedian from Kilkenny, which would be close to where I'm from back home. So up the sunny southeast. Is that a silly thing? I don't know. Um, <laughs> the sun's but, been cancelled. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, yeah, he, he runs a show called The Mike Rice Show. It's hilarious. He does solo podcasts sometimes. He gets uh, well-known guests on. I was listening to the Owen Colgan, the buzz from Hardy Books the other week. So very good. Nice personal chats and funny. Well, so listen, Jason, let's uh, let him let him tell you in his own words. Here's a little ad from Big Mike Rice. Hello, my name is Mike Rice. I am an Irishman. I have a comedian. I am a podcast and I love you. The Mike Rice Show podcast is out every Thursday where I talk about current events. I tell stories, mostly about myself, yes, but I think in an interesting way. I'll give up details. I'll talk about the time I tried to kiss my cousin. You know, did I know she was my cousin at the time? I was painfully aware. She said, no, I moved on. Not without the scars, though. What are family events like now? You know, there's a lot of playing deaf and dumb, if I'm honest. That's what I mean. I'll debase myself. I'll give you the, I'll tell your family secrets, anything to entertain you. Kevin and Jason, do you think they're squeaky clean? Come on, get real. Wake up. No one likes history that much, okay? There's a seedy underbelly. I'll tell you about it. The Mike Rice Show. So go check that out whenever you get a chance. Uh, I was going to say right now, don't continue listening to our podcast right now. And then Le- leave it done- for like 40 to 45 minutes and then go check out Mike Rice. Yeah, well, I would say don't even go straight away because you want to leave some breathing room sure, between our yeah, podcast. Yeah. Think about it, you know, let it let it sit, let it, uh, you know, let it digest somewhat. Let it, let it marinate. Yeah. Because there's a couple of, there's a couple of hard-hitting ideas in this next 40 minutes. Um, Ernest Shackleton gets slandered. I feel like most people who come up on our podcast get slandered. And That's I was true. going to say by us, and I feel like you looked at me when I said that as if to say, I'm not going, I'm not thinking with your ship, Jason. Okay, I slander sure. most people on well, our podcast. In this week's episode, is extra special. We somehow managed to make fun of the Daily Mail for having unscrupulous slander tactics. And then I think within the same breath, we slander about four people. Uh, and pin a crime on them yeah. from 100 years ago. So, yes, but listen... But we're not media professionals. No. I don't have a long run in history in the in the world of journalism, and uh, oh, I really should take better care of what I say on microphones. Um, Listen, anyone anyone yeah. we slandered, it's fine. They can't stand up for themselves because they're dead. So um, you, you you let let the listeners decide for themselves. Decide based on the facts I that will. you selected to give them of this case. <laughs> Okay, well I will let them decide They can decide right now Uh, Enjoy enjoy this week's story The story of the theft of the Irish crown jewels Gather around now You're in for a story Old tales of long Search of a glory History and mystery Of lads, lasses and all Discoveries and voyages The rise and the fall Follow me now As we go back in time We trace the steps of Irish Guide you through the way of shining.
the jewels belonging to the most illustrious order of St. Patrick were created by King William IV back in 1831 for the sovereign and the Grand Master of the most illustrious order of St. Patrick. Good. I like how you pronounced Patrick better the first time. Uh, d- how did I say it the second time? Like you'd been living in Texas for too long. <laughs> the Great Order of St. Patrick. St. Patrick. You threw another couple of extra, couple of extra vowels in there. The most illustrious order of St. Patties. So what was so illustrious about him? I know, some kind of an order. <laughs> they had a, one, of, one of these things was called the Star of St. Patrick. They looked very fancy. Um, also, I thought you'd question me on what the most illustrious order of St. Patrick was. That's because it... It was an order of knighthood, Kevin, in Ireland that was established in 1783 by George the uh, If you weren't sure, Kevin, that was the third George. Yeah, all right. It famously came after George one, and then George two. two. Yeah, it's uh, it, to be fair, it was a relatively new name back then. So since then, we've had you know millions or probably at least thousands. But back then, there is there is just the three Georges. But funnily enough, by chance. He was also the then King of Ireland. Uh, no and, way. Yeah, I know. Just who, who would have believed it? But um, yeah, he was the then King of Ireland. And these jewels belonging to the most illustrious order of St. Patrick were meant to serve as an Irish equivalent to England's most noble order of the Garter. Or Scotland's, yeah. the Order of the Thistle. Did, did you look into what the Order of the Garter was? Because I've seen that a lot. And it I, sounds I, I stupid. Did. I did. I looked into that and the Order of the Thistle and all of these. I don't need any more chivalry. explanation. I don't need any more explanation on the Order of the Thistle. That's like that's obvious. That oh, you've, got, yeah, you've got that. Yeah, yeah. They uh, love the thistle. Also, big, why Wales is always left out of these big things. fans of Christmas trees. You know what they're all about. Name says it on the tin. But now these are all part of the English honor system. Now the most illustrious Order of Saint Patrick was the equivalent to the Order of the Thistle in Scotland. Right, the second highest rank of English knights. Obviously, they keep the English for themselves. So uh, in England, they can be outranked by the Victoria Cross and the George Cross. Now, I did, to answer your earlier question, Kev, I looked into all of this. I looked into the, the St. Patrick, the Order of the Thistle, Order of the Garter, Victoria Cross, George's Cross. And I'd say I spent a combined 20 minutes, 25 minutes, max 30 reading into this stuff before i realized that there's just there's just better things to be doing with your life <laughs> uh, yeah it's, it's not it's not worth it but no uh, it doesn't need any more explanation we all know so it's a garter a garter is the thing that like keeps your stockings up a thistle is like an angry weed and saint patrick kill a load of snakes yeah done i think that's i can see the common denominator in, in these things yeah, um, listen, you don't have to spoon feed me. I'm on I I know what this is about. Because, you know, snakes sting, thistles sting, uh garters or socks for boots. There's a snake in my boot. There you go. There you go. Uh so the jewels belonging to the most illustrious order of Saint Patrick were <laughs> just just one more time. Oh no, that's going to happen a lot. I've I've written this out in the script. I could have just said the Order of St. Patrick, but I've no. felt the need to say the also the jewels at the time where they do have the actual term the jewels belonging to the most illustrious order of St. Patrick. This is all capitalized. Perfect. Uh, well, they, I, my they, sister said to me before that she's never heard the term crown jewels more than on this podcast. So I'm hoping 
We'll throw in a couple of those as well as the illustrious order of St. Patrick. Yeah, we might get in there at some point. Uh, but the now these jewels would have been worn by the, the Sovereign when new knights were being inducted into the most illustrious order of St. Patrick. Okay. Uh, and also by the Grandmaster on other formal, fancy, ceremonial type situations. I don't know what fucking knights and noble people do. I don't know what English people do. Uh, but the outfit but it sounds like this whole, is what Irish people were doing. Yeah, but it's what Irish people were doing when they were... It's the English making them do it. It's all... These are knights. Like, this isn't any... What we would have... Uh, the, these are posh boys, Kevin. Yeah, okay. have nothing to do with... These are Irish in all but name, but I don't think that they would have really cared too much for our freedom. So, the outfit for the whole uh, the whole regalia thing, like you like using that word, the sovereign's regalia, uh, if you will, Kev. Uh, I now, will. This was only meant to be slightly more fancy than the rig out of the normal bog-standard Knights of England at the time. However, that was changed in 1831 when it got a bit of a bump in quality. Now, the jewels were sent over to Dublin from London on March the 15th by the 18th Earl of Errol, which is Earl of Earl, basically. The Earl uh, of Earl. Yeah. Which it's, get a better name. But <laughs> he's not important. That's the one I would want that. the most. The Earl of Earl? Yeah. And I suppose it's easy to remember, but we don't have to remember it. We can forget him pretty quickly because he doesn't have any other part of this story. But the jewels belonging to the most illustrious order of St. Patrick consisted of 394 stones taken from older crown jewels that had been in England, uh, taken from Queen Charlotte and her husband, uh, George III. He had started this organization, I guess. Um, and there was 394 of them. Yeah, loads of jewels, man. Just loads of jewels just absolutely wedged into this thing. Now, on Wikipedia, which is where I find most of our stories, uh, there is a badge, uh, quote, On the badge of St. Patrick's blue enamel, the green shamrock was of emeralds and red St. Patrick's saltier of rubies. The motto of the order was in pink diamonds and the incrustation was of Brazilian diamonds of the first water. Very good. Now... I don't know what any of that. I I know I know what jewels are, um, <laughs> but I don't know. Um, I'll tell you what. I looked up their value, and that's that's about all I can do for you. Okay, right. How much were they worth? So the diamond star valued at about fourteen thousand pounds, the equivalent of about a million and a half pounds in twenty nineteen. Okay, not twenty twenty. No, no. Uh, you got all the back. way there, but then you're like, ah, fuck. It's not, do you know what? Someone had written, written this thing down last year and hadn't <laughs> updated it yet, and I wasn't going to do it. I, I couldn't go through and find the inflation between 2019 and 2020. You couldn't That's do that. Like, they they gave you like 100 plus odd years of work, and you couldn't even bring it across the line. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't have just multiplied by 1%. No. Nah. But the diamond badge... Now, that's, that was valued. That was even more expensive. That was at £16,000, the equivalent of a million and seven hundred thousand in 2019. Then there's the five jewel-encrusted collars, gold, by the way. Uh, their value is at 11000 I think, so around a million today. All right. Now, they... So, it's expensive stuff. These are sure, expensive yeah, jewels, yeah. fancy jewels. Now, they... When they weren't being used, they'd be looked after by the Ulster King of Arms, the Senior Officer of Arms. Which, okay. uh, if you don't know what that means, Kevin, you can. He join was in the charge king. of all the arms. Yeah, he just he loved arms. Yeah, it was a, a different man in, tor- in charge of torsos and legs, but he was based in arms. Leinster, and then Connacht they were in charge of feet. 
and Munster they didn't get anything not after they were entrusted with genitalia for those uh, that horrible period in the 1500s <laughs> right well <laughs> uh, for, now, now the king of arms would have used those arms to place these things in a vault a bank vault if you will because they obviously wouldn't be out the whole time. They have to keep these things. They're worth a lot of money. You keep them yeah. squared away. You know? uh, we just put them in, no- a, in a bank vault where no one can see them. Yeah, which seems that's the best place to put them. Because then Does, no one can rob them. But surely or see them or use them. The master of arms or whatever is has a castle or K- something. K- king of arms. Is he the king of arms? He's the king of arms, but he's also, I guess, more of a... Um, yeah, he's the king of arms, but it's more of a political position. You're not an actual king. Right, sure, yeah. He has yeah, no command so, over people's arms. Uh, no, um, the only time, every so often he will walk up behind people, put his arms in their arm pockets and scream, These are fake arms! <laughs> so but he's less that's... of the king of arms and more of just a handyman. <laughs> oh! So, I'll tell you this. Uh, after another revision to the most illustrious order of St. Patrick in 1905, meant that the jewels had a name change and were now known as Crown Jewels. Oh, finally. There you go. I know, it, t- it took me a lot to not break there earlier when you when yeah. said it. Uh, but by, uh, by 1907, they were known simply as the Irish Crown Jewels. Okay, so going to... A- to the most illustrious order of St. Patrick. Going through a lot of names. They, they were just called the Irish. Well, Crown. no, we can call them the Irish Crown Jews belonging to the order, the illustrious order of St. Patrick. But they're going through a lot of name changes pretty quickly. Then fairly early on, yeah, they got to figure out what you know. I suppose you can't take English Crown Jewels, turn them into just jewels for some Irish thing that aren't crowd. Like it, it makes sense, I guess, I because they were they were downsizing or downplaying the the importance of these jewels when they gave them to the Irish because they were <laughs> they were important in England, but. Uh, well, so, so 1905, 1907, they're changing the name. Someone's got their finger on their pulse. Someone's like, I know what's wrong with the Irish uh, at the turn of the 20th century. They're going to want to make sure that these jewels are named correctly. I can see this being the most pressing issue of the next decade. Um, they're a part of it. I don't think it's so much... <laughs> the name isn't so much the problem. Uh, but it's now 1903. The Ulster King of Arms offices are inside of Dublin Castle, and the Ulster King of Arms is a man called Sir Arthur Vickers. Okay. A, I think what the technical term is, a posh cunt. <laughs> why is he? Why is the Ulster King of Arms based in Dublin Castle? Because um, Dublin Castle is ruled by is ruled by the English. Okay. Uh, but he's a posh boy. He was a bit of a show off. Always wanting to, you know, show things off. That's what so he wants. He wants that's what these show-offs jewels. Love doing. I know, and you'd think because of their name and title, they would have a proclivity to not do that because it just reinforces the concept, whatever, like the ideas that people have of them. But no, they love just showing things off. They can't help it. So he gets the jewels moved from this bank vault place, safe and sound, to his new offices in the Bedford or Clock Tower of Dublin Castle. Okay. Um, now so I do realise coming... this is exactly what I said he should do at the start, but now you're kind of setting it up as if this is a bad idea. So I want to withdraw my earlier statements. They'd be fine in the bank. You don't need to see them. You don't, you don't ever need to look yeah. at them. Well, because they get moved to this new safe and there's a, they're meant to be placed in a strong room. I could have said vault, but strong room is a way better name for it. That is much um, cooler. 
And unfortunately, they never measured the size of the safe and the door it had to pass through to get into the strong room. Right. Uh, first mistake there, you know, it's as the old saying goes, measure twice, lift a giant feckin' heavy safe across Dublin Castle for no apparent reason once. Yeah. Uh, that's what my granddad used to always say, but he was a notorious jewel thief. So, I don't know, in, in hindsight, I wonder, did he do this? But uh, a little bit about Arthur Vickers. He was a genealogist, always wanted to be. Uh, wrote the index to the prerogative, prero- to the wills of Ireland, fifteen thirty-seven to eighteen ten. He was a genealogist, so he. he... Did, did you ever read that book, by the way, Kev? The index to the prerogative wills of Ireland, fifteen thirty-seven to eighteen ten. No, no, I haven't. No, but it's on your book list, though. It's on your shelf. You just haven't. It's like it's dog. It's one of those ones. I leave it around just to like impress people when they come over. Yeah, it's on the. And co- if they ask any questions, I just change the subject. So it's your your general coffee table book. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those. Yeah. It's just one of those things you have in the bathroom. Um, so sorry, he was in, he was into genealogy, so he was just into like tracing people's family trees. And yeah, and and also like different histories of and well, I suppose there's family trees, but then also part of that comes down through will. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, no, that makes sense. What am I saying? Yes, Kevin. That's, okay. that's what genealogy means. Yeah. Are you showing off to the listeners that you know what genealogy is? No, I didn't actually. I wasn't sure what it meant. So I want to, <laughs> that was a genuine <laughs> question. <laughs> but uh, you'd think because it's it's 200 and, 274 years worth of wills there that he's after he's after cor- like corroborating. So you think it'd be pretty long. It's actually just one page. <laughs> and it just says, uh, England has all your stuff. And then... <laughs> If when they die, Wales can have it all. Yeah. And then if Wales die, Scotland can have it all. And then if they die, you can go feck yourself, Paddy Scum. <laughs> so that's I, ha- I had a read of it there, and it's uh, it's, it's it's an interesting little uh, little jaunt. Now, yeah. It's uh, it is a very important book though for genealogy purposes uh, and such because uh, a lot of source material he'd have researched to write the book was somehow destroyed after the public records office was wrecked in the civil war. Uh, it was in the forecourt at the time. Oh yes. Yeah. Now I don't know if that's the case. If that was just unfortunately that happened, or also the guy who created this very important book used that as a chance to destroy all the source material to make his book far more important, <laughs> so no one could check any of his work as well. Uh, now he got and then he married her, and then she married him, and then they had seventeen and then, children. And then I became king. Remember, remember when I was king? Remember? <laughs> Interesting. If I trace back my lineage, I'm actually next in line to the Welsh crown. Is that right? <laughs> well, I guess the source material is gone, so you would know. Whose fault was it that the source material burnt down? Was it? They don't know. Well, they probably don't the, know. The, yeah, it was. Um, I'm going to guess the Ra. It was the Ra. What was it? Well, it was the Civil War, so it was both. It was, uh, yeah, it was. It was our own fault. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Um, but he got the the Vickers got the post uh, of he got the position of Ulster King of Arms in 1892 when his half brother Pierce Mahoney wrote to him saying the current lad's dying, jobs freeing up, get on to Vick, uh, and he did. <laughs> But, uh, you know, in fairness, he was turned down for a lesser position in Athlone, just a very recent, okay. just beforehand. So he would have been raging, but then he got a way better job offer and he got this thing. That's great for him. But That is, that uh, is the, great for him, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then by the time 1907 rolls around, that is, uh, that's 15 years later, Kevin. Right. Um, so he's, he's been 
king. So this is a job for life, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until, until you pass on. And during the time, you'd pick up other rewards. Like, he became a knight. He became a commander and then knight commander of the Royal Victorian Order because he wasn't much of a morning person. Sure, now, yeah. uh, Also a That's trustee like, of the National Library. I don't know if they're still doing that, but weren't they talking about bringing in uh, a position in Dublin for like a ma- or a mayoral position for knight? And they called it the nightmare. <laughs> Do you remember that? Is that? that I was, don't remember that. That was last year. They were talking about having like designated nightmares for the cities of Ireland, and I don't think. <laughs> I guess at no point were like this. We should pick a, a less stupid name. No, that's what do you mean? That's the best name. It is. It is. Because uh, if I now I want to become a knight, just so I can walk around calling myself the nightmare. The, <laughs> well, you'd need to become a mayor, but. No, I can lie about that. That's fine. You can. (laughs) Once you're a knight, no one's going to question you. (laughs) That's not the mayor. Uh Maybe my sword's the mayor. Uh, Now, what what would your sword be called? It can't be Excalibur. No, it would be... um... (laughs) I feel like this has been done already, but it would be the pen. (laughs) Why the pen? Because the pen is mightier than the sword. I thought you were going to say because you write all the wrongs. (laughs) But uh, he, he was also a trustee of the National Library of Ireland, and that's what really impressed me. I was fair, I was fairly jealous about that because librarians yeah. tend to not trust me at all. No, <laughs> no. I don't know what it takes to to gain their trust. Maybe if you stopped logging in to your um, if I just pay back my fines, that's the there's that DVD of how to lose a guy in ten days that the fees from that are hanging over me from DCU's library, and I'm fairly sure librarians talk. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, I thought they wouldn't let you graduate unless you paid your fines. That is actually true, isn't it? Which is kind of um, that's pretty shitty. It is. Yeah, you've paid us ten grand over the last couple of years to get this piece of paper, but it looks like you owe us a further eight euro for this book that you <laughs> you took out. That book that we've owned for twenty years. Yeah, that you've used for the education we've made you pay for. But yeah, anyway. The jewels are well. Back to back to the jewels. The jewels are in Vicar's office. Right now, there's seemingly seven latch keys to get into the into the safe, uh, all held by himself and the staff of the uh, of the office of the arms. So I think that goes right. So through. he really is the office of the arms. How the hell is he going to turn these seven keys at once? Well, no, because he has he has underlings, and I think uh, the way it, it oh, works right. out, I, be- I believe it's three rings for the elven kings <laughs> under the sky, seven for the dwarf lords in their halls of stone, nine for mortal men doomed to die, one for the dark lord on his dark throne in the land of Mordor where shadows lie, one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, and in the darkness bind them. And then there's seven latch keys for the lads from the Ulster Office of Arms. I don't know how I never noticed you're such a Lord of the Rings nerd. Only in like in the last in the last couple of episodes we've recorded. Yeah, I guess they don't come out chronologically, but there's been a, yeah, it's been a big spate of me making yeah. Lord of the Rings references. Well, that's right. So you need to turn seven keys simultaneously to open this safe. What if they got robbed by an octopus? Yeah. You could turn all seven keys and flip you off at the same time. No, there's no, there's. Oh, but is that what a latch key means? I don't know. I just assume. No, I don't think so. I think it's just there's seven copies to the to get into the to the safe. Oh, there's seven copies. Of it. What if? Well, no. So these are seven. These are the keys to get into the vault or the office. These aren't for the actual safe safe. This is like the first just to get into the. This is to get. So this to is just the to safe. get in the door. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, because there's because there's only two keys to get into the actual safe, uh, and Vic <laughs> and then Vickers had uh, he had these because I guess that makes sense. Yeah. There's two. There's two of these keys. Now Vickers has one. Okay. And then the the other one he also has. So he has both. Could have just <laughs> could have just said that. Now he'd carry one That's around great. on his body, and then the other one he'd leave in his drawer at home. So it's very very safe. Okay. Now, yeah. It said he would regularly get drunk when he was on overnight shifts at the office. Uh, it's also said that he once woke up from a drunken stupor with the jewels around his neck. So, one hundred percent. Yes. He he had no idea how they got there. Uh, ah. It could have been him, or it could have been someone else playing a prank. He wasn't sure. Uh, either way, not a great look. <laughs> um, I would disagree. I'd say it looked fabulous. <laughs> that's a hundred percent. That's what you would do if you had to like work the overnight shift at the Crown Jewel factory, and you've got all the keys. Yeah, I, I like that uh, he was allowed to drink on the job as well. That seems like a good perk. But of course, you're going to try them on. Well, we're going. We'll get into the drinking thing in a bit because uh, sure another t- another time he had left the key uh, that he kept on him uh, attached to his regular keyring instead of separately, and they were found by one of his maids and a porter servant uh, had to bring him to the chief herald. That's a, a big up library dude, which okay. probably wouldn't have again wouldn't have been a great look, but it wouldn't have been as bad as when Lord Haddo, son of the Grand Master well, sorry, of the most so, illustrious sorry, so, order. So, like a chambermaid found the key to the safe. Yeah. And that's that's, that's got to be a big choice when you have that. And you're, like, walking to turn it in. I imagine your life is kind of shit. And you're just walking up the steps and, like, literally on your left is the safe. And on your right is, like, the guy you have to hand the key back to. Well, yeah. On your right, you're prick of a boss. And on the left yeah. is freedom. Freedom. <laughs> the money to buy whatever you please. And she's give, she gives the key to, like, a porter or a servant. Um, yeah. And then he has to bring them to this chief, this, uh, chief herald dude. So this these keys have now passed through three people who all have had the chance to rob the place. Because it's Vicar's fault. Yeah. For not having these keys. You're pretty much, you've already got an alibi. The drunk man who likes to put the crowns on has lost his key. Well, now, it, I don't know how important, like, here's the thing. There's this next door, this next... Uh, tidbit will uh okay this might clear up a bit about vickers and it's like none of that seems that important or else it's very important and part of this all the whole story but it gets knocked down in terms of ridiculousness because lord haddo the son of the grand master of the most illustrious order of saint patrick uh lord aberdeen the seventh now do you see how awkward that name is to say yes and i haven't actually said his name whatsoever no like i haven't referenced is his name john is it jerry is his last name Conlon? Is it Fitzgerald? No, nobody knows. His nobody last knows. name is the Grand Master of the Illustrious Order of St. Patrick and Earl of Aberdeen, the Seventh. The Seventh. Yeah. yeah. So his son, Lord Haddo, once stole the keys from a drunken vicar's and messed around with them all night before returning them, uh, before her vicar's had woken. Uh, he also once stole the jewels and sent them back to him by post. <laughs> So Vickers oh, is pretty bad at his job. What a moment that would have been as he undoes the parcel. So, Presumably he hasn't noticed that they're missing at this stage and he's just like, why is someone sending me these replica jewels? Yeah. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Well, so that's in him not noticing that things go missing are uh, it's gonna be a key element to this story because <laughs> the uh, okay. the last time anyone had seen these things on somebody's person was uh was March the fifteenth at a celebration marking St Patrick's Day. Uh, Vickers showed them to a visitor on June eleventh, supposedly, uh, at John Hodgson, the librarian of the Duke of Northumberland, which I don't know if that's a position. But uh <laughs> Now it's. I feel July like in, the, in these days you could just say anything you wanted. Yeah, uh, can I see the crown time. jewels, please? I'm the librarian of the seventh duke of the earldom of Saint Fivenstein. Okay, but you have to have six pints with me beforehand. I've already had six by myself, so. Well, you have to have another six with me. Jolly good. So it's been. Now this is. Right, so it's July 6th, four days before. King Edward VII and his missus Alexandra are coming to Ireland for a visit and doing some anointing and sh- like sword shoulder tapping, all right, that stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah. Now, uh, a maid walks by and notices the door to the safe, to the vault place, to, or to the office, I should say, uh, wide open and the keys dangling from the lock. Now, seemingly Vickers uh, is... it's Now, it's either the safe or else it's the actual vault. It's hard to know, but either way... Then the story goes, either Vickers is informed instantly or nobody tells him. But he does find out later on when he sends a, uh, one of his underlings to deposit some uh, some of those, like a collar for a knight that died. Okay. I imagine one of those gold collars. Um, he sends a fella down to drop that in and then he comes back and goes, um, safe is open and empty. You might want to change it to the unsafe because... Uh... <laughs> She's wide open, boss. But, uh, so we're about four months now since anyone's actually seen them. But Vickers is saying that he... I've showed people in the meantime, but nobody else has seen that. Sure. But, yeah. and Every librarian all, that came in here, I was like, do you want to see some jewels? Which was... Well, that's the reason that they're in the Dublin Castle, because this guy's a show-off, remember, Kev? Oh, yes. Always trying yes, to, yes. to show things off. Mm. But uh, now King Edward isn't happy. Because he's been a bit of a... Just in general. Just in general with life, yeah. He's an unhappy man. 
quarter life crisis I imagine but uh, now he's been a bit of a, a vagabond about a lad going around having too much crack drinking and making a show of the family but now he's putting everything back onto the, onto the straight and narrow this trip to Ireland is going to be one of his no look I can prove I can go to somewhere else and knight someone and not make a show of myself or disgrace the family Okay. so he's pretty annoyed about the, these jewels going missing because they're kind of important uh, also they are the crown jewels Sure, but, but he still comes over anyway pretty peeved off about the whole thing he, the the person he was meant to be inducting was the second baron of castletown which uh do you know his name uh the second baron no eddie durkin that's exactly what i've said here <laughs> uh, there you go. it was it was actually bernard edward barnaby fitzpatrick that's less fun it is but it's a great name it is a great name uh, barnaby but now that got cancelled so while Edward came over, they, they couldn't do the induction, the ceremony. Um, now, the Dublin Metropolitan Police, which well, so, is a far cooler... But did they tell him before he came over, they told him the jewels were gone? Yeah, I, yeah. So why did they let him come over? And then when he got there, because they're like, I oh, just not, have to cancel it. You're not just going to scrap your holiday because of one thing, Kev. Oh, you know, like you're, like, this is like... You're you're going to Prague. You want to go see a Salvador Dali exhibition. Oh no, the Salvador Dali exhibition's been cancelled. You still go and rail a bunch of cocaine with hookers. Like that's just <laughs> it's all is not lost, Kevin. There are other things to do, other cultural things to see in a city, experience to to, to have, things to glisten and glean from for the future. Like this is sure. just be be a man of culture for once, Kevin. Now <laughs> The jewels are missing, but the whorehouses are open. Yes, we'll carry on. We'll we'll do we'll we'll make I lemonade, be- as they say. I believe that's what Simon Harris was saying as COVID was in its in its height. I think so. Now the the Dublin Metropolitan Police, the DMP, uh, which is a far cooler name than the Guards, that is, started yeah. and they started an investigation led by Detective Chief Inspector John Kane over from Scotland Yard. So you know he's good. Sure. Yes. Yeah, I'm and, gonna. Uh, is, is he any relation to Horatio Kane? Oh, I, don't, I never looked into that, but let's say he is. Let's say <laughs> um, it for sure. But Scotland do have all the best detectives. Yes, I think because that's they're all in that yard. Yeah, because you know all Scottish people are criminals. Yeah, so it it just it makes sense that they would have very good detectives. But his report is said to have named the thief, but it was never released. And rumours of it being suppressed by the RIC, uh, but sure, who knows? Now, Vickers was asked to resign his position, which is fair. Because okay. he's well, but been so, so wait, this guy, John Kane, was that like some? Was his, that his gimmick? He just write down the name of the criminal in a sealed oh, no. envelope, like a magician, and like give it to the guards, no, and then no, we're, we're getting into it now. Oh, okay, okay, go on. <laughs> uh, so there's. Uh, Vickers refused to appear at the commission uh, hearing into the theft because he said he wanted a royal commission because he could have witnesses subpoenaed for that sort of hearing. Okay. Now, his defense was that he was innocent, but he knew who did in fact steal the jewels. It was his second in command, a one Francis Shackleton. And, and now I know what you're thinking, Kev. Oh, is he the brother of the famous Antarctic explorer Ernest Shackleton? Yeah. Well, yes, he is actually. He actually is. <laughs> That is, that's exactly what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah, now, John Kane, well, the... Well, someone's got to pay for those boats, man. Well, the, the, it, and what what a getaway, what a getaway driver as well. 
Ernest. Quick, I've got the jewels. Okay. <laughs> Just slowly drifting away. Sitting catch in him. The bay. You'll never catch me. <laughs> Sitting in Dublin Bay with the engine ticking over, just throwing coal in every couple of days, ready to tear off to Antarctica, where he can live in the lap of luxury. As many penguins as a crown jewel can buy. But now, John Kane, the, the, the rumour and the conspiracy, uh, Kev, the rumours go John Kane may have discovered uh, that Shackleton was having an affair with the brother-of-law, the, the King of England, the Duke of Argyll. Oh, and then also that there's a giant homosexual ring going on in Dublin Castle, and all the lads are in it. And then every night they're just off drinking and playing with the jewels. That's also the that's, that's the going the theory. I Pretty mean. much, yeah. The, uh, the the theory goes that that's all a thing. Uh, of, and then Shackleton's having this love affair with the Duke of Argyll, um, and then when Shackleton robs all the jewels, but because they can't convict him, he's, he'll just spill the beans, right? Yeah, I probably did it, but also... I'll tell you what else I did. The Duke of Argyle. Yeah. (laughs) So they just blame Vickers. Or maybe Vickers did it, but this Shackleton, I don't know. I don't trust him. You know what the Shackletons are like? Always thinking they can walk on water. Yeah. Once it's cold enough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, always with the caveats, these Shackletons. Oh, yeah, I'm like Jesus. Once it's, you know, zero degrees outside. Go feck yourselves. Now, there's, I love uh, that as a defense as well, just being like, I've sucked so many dicks, you can't touch me. <laughs> well, it could, like, that's, uh, at the time, I guess it's, w- w- would it have been illegal at the time? Yeah, but I've seen this a few times where, like, it's very hard to tell if any of these things are true, because that seemed to be the most damning thing you could say about someone is that they were gay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's hard to know, like, all these records of pretty much any, it was just easy political assassination. Yeah. They'd be like, yeah, well, what if he's gay? <laughs> but he had a, a, Shackleton had a friend, Captain Richard Georges, who uh, it said maybe the thought is himself and Georges stole the key from a drunken vicar's and returned it before he woke. Uh, and when are you thinking, Kev? Any time in the months between the jewels has been seen. Because <laughs> it's been about three or four. So Sure, yeah, that's uh, plenty of time. Yeah, it's a weak enough story by Vickers, because even if all of that's true, it's like, you still have to resign because you're terrible at your job. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like, no, 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 I, I swear, it's the the gays, I fell asleep drunkenly on on my watch, and the gays came along, and they stole all the jewels, and then they put the keys back in my pocket before I woke up. Please, please don't fire me. <laughs> put him in jail. Uh, that's, I, I imagine at that moment, there's just a slow clap. From the jury as they stand up <laughs> in rupturous applause. This is the Vickers is truly the everyman. Yeah. If we're gonna start going after people who fall asleep drunkenly on their job for three months on the trot, who's safe? You know, that's not the Ireland I want to live in. Let he without sin. Yeah, exactly. That's what, I, that's what I'd say. Luckily now, the judge was at that moment drunk and asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so his lawyer just pointed to him. And said, Exhibit B, and then everyone was stunned. Though John Kane refused to believe any of this, uh, th- this story. And he told the commission that Francis couldn't have had anything to do with it because he was Ernest Shackleton's brother. Good, good. Which I think is, that would also be my defense. Yeah. Just <laughs> straight off the bat, because afterwards you can come up with a second one. Yeah. And then, but straight away, you just chance your arm with, 
my brother is famous. It's good to see and that society hasn't changed much. That like that's your yeah. first line of defense. It actually couldn't have been me who did this crime because I'm connected to someone well known. Yes, um, do you plead guilty or not guilty? Um, I actually plead nepotism, and I believe that that should be enough to get me away with this. What's the what's the fucking deal here, Paddy? Yeah. Have you heard of Ernest Shackleton? Yes. Arrest my case. Yeah. You're with this. Now, Francis was completely exonerated, and the commission's report found that Vickers, quote, didn't exercise due diligence or a proper care as the custodian of the regalia, which, regardless of whether he stole the, the jewels or not, is 100% factual. That That's fair, yes. So now, that was January the 25th, 1908. Uh, he was forced to resign four days later, and so were his staff. They were under his personal employee, so unfortunate. I, bet, I imagine they're they're sacked now. They're they're not even been furloughed. They're just gone. They're yeah okay. But now Shackleton, he probably thought he got away with it. You know, again walking on water, fucking Shackletons. But uh, he ended up in jail in 1913. He didn't really. He did, he got away with the jewel theft, but uh, went went to jail for oh. bank fraud. Uh, he, he, he'd he been declared bankrupt in 1910, owing 85,000, which is oh, yeah. millions yeah, that's, at that the is, time. How do you rack up that amount of money? And like, so what, what was, who, what, who is he? Like, what's his job? Well, he had fled to, to port, to the Portuguese West Africa, uh, but was found and brought back and sentenced to 15 months hard labor. Uh, at that point, he, he changed his name and started to live with his sister until he died. And that's the end of that's the end of Shackleton. But like so, how uh, how like what was he doing? Like how did he manage to rack up that much money if it wasn't well, I, true? I imagine he did steal the jewels and then spent a lot of money. <laughs> uh, and I like I like to imagine he changed his name, but while he was in West Africa, he kept trying to get away with things by like dropping Ernest Shackleton's name. <laughs> uh, my name's Gregory Peterson. Do you know who my brother is? It's Ernest Shackleton. Get out of my way. Well, I, love I mean, Ernest people, Peterson. Uh, people would just completely change continents. I have another story later in this season that's partly a, one an Irish guy does that. But like, just move to the far ends of the world. And yeah. back then, before smartphones and people still find you, like, how thick do you have to be? I'm pretty yeah. sure I could have been, like, I could have been a murderer back in, back in the day. Like, just a, a famous, famous serial killer, like a Jack the Ripper type, because it would have been so easy to get away with things. Sure. Well, like, how many people did Jack the Ripper kill? Like, four? I think, yeah, it's only a couple. Yeah. Yeah. And then if it, even then, everyone's like, this is a pandemic. Well, I suppose it was a different type of pandemic. But, sure. uh, yeah. Scotland um, Yard wasn't so hot on that one. Well, no, well, John Kane was busy over in Ireland dealing with the Crown Jewels. He's, sure. their, he's their head honcho. So do, but, you, uh, so do you reckon Shackleton did it? Oh, more than likely. That's wild. Yeah, uh, just stole, stole the crown jewels. and But I mean, that's what happens when it's just a series of bad ideas. Let's take them out of the secure vault where people aren't getting drunk and then playing with them. It's a bad idea. And I would have, if I was Shackleton, I also would have stolen them. Because yeah. I'm like that chambermaid when she's walking up and she's like, oh, sure, yeah. on the left here's freedom, on the right. And I wouldn't have even, I don't have to make that decision. As soon as I find the keys, I'm like, okay. When is he asleep so I can go steal these? <laughs> That's where I'm thinking. He's currently sculling a bottle of Hennessy. Uh, we got this. Now, as for Vickers, uh, the rest of his life, uh, about five years after the events, obviously people always assume that he's stolen the... He, most people assume that he's stolen the jewels. 
Okay. The uh, the Daily Mail, uh, a, a reputed publication back then, Kev. Sure. Uh, pu- published an article saying that Vickers had a mistress at the time and that he had let her get a copy of the key. She had stolen the jewels and fled to Paris. Okay. So that's 1912. In July, that's November 1912. In July 1913, he sues the paper and is awarded 5,000, which again is millions. That is a lot, yes. It's hard to know. It's it's a lot of money anyway. It's a lot of cash. It's nice to know. The Daily Mail have never changed then, be it 1913 no. or right now. Um, a pile of piss. But, but they, I guess he, with all these things, the big question is how much money did the Daily Mail make out of that story for six months? Oh, I imagine a lot. Yeah, probably a lot more than 5,000. So that's the problem with all those things. Like They'll just say, Mistress steals jewels and hides in Paris, then just rake in the money and then just give, even if you have to give like a fifth of that away in a, in a lawsuit, you'll still do it again every time. And I never actually see the um, the retractions when they do postings or any of the apologies when they have fucked things up. Um, yeah. I don't know where they square those away, just in the back of the paper somewhere. Not the back, I suppose the back of the paper is sport. Um, it's probably in the sport in the ca- section. In the cartoon section? In the horoscopes? I don't know. Yeah. Like, where, is the, where are the retractions? Because <laughs> If you were a Sagittarius, one... then we are sorry for saying that <laughs> Vinters' mistress stole these jewels. But I was saw the other day, um, I didn't get to fully read the story because I just saw a screenshot, but uh, there was a retraction published, I believe, in the Irish Independent about uh, government ministers working late into the night and how pizza was sent in and they were all eating that. And they had to put up a retraction because one minister said that he didn't have pineapple on his pizza. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That deserves a retraction. Uh, is, I, I mean... Usually, I would say that that's uh, that's pointless. It's superfluous. It's a waste. Uh, but also, I know how divisive the topping of pineapple on a pizza can be. So yeah. maybe that's very warranted. I thought it was going to be more the case. Of, I, I know how divisive it can be for government people to order pizza these days. Uh, but uh, so now, so he takes this money and he's moved down to near Le Stole in Kerry, got married to a woman called Gertrude in 1917 and continued to protest his innocence until his eventual death. Now, in May 1920, just three years after moving to Kerry, he was sleeping peacefully uh, in his own in his own bed, on his own land and his own home. And up to a hundred armed men stormed the gaff at one point <laughs> and tried to break into the strong room, Kevin, his oh. strong room. Yeah, that's what I read. Uh, I only read that in one place, but that's where I'm going to go with it because everywhere else said vault or and it didn't happen. But I'm saying <laughs> strong room. <laughs> Don't listen to the naysayers, man. This absolutely happened. So yeah. obviously they thought he still had them, and for some reason hadn't sold them. He was just holding on to them as an old man. Yeah, pretty much. But none of it. They couldn't find it, or else this story never happened. But because I feel like it gets confused with this story of about a year after that event, maybe it, they both happened. But about a year after that event, uh, on April in April eighteen twenty one, he was dragged from his home by thirty armed men. This time, his okay. home was set alight, and he was shot in front of poor Gertrude. Jesus Christ! A, I know, with a placard around his neck calling him an informer, or in modern terms, a tout for the guardie. Oh, yeah! As an right. act of retaliation. The British forces destroyed four shops of rebel sympathisers in the town. Okay. Uh, 
because he was they they it was Dara that did it. Yeah, it yeah. The, so this is Dara. what during the Civil War. Um, yes, this is 1921. So this is well, no, because Treaty is 22. So it's just the War of Independence. Yeah, we're, yeah. This is this is around the War of Independence time, uh, and you're in Kerry. And you've sold it, and everyone thinks you've sold the Irish crown jewels. I can completely see how this would happen. But they shouldn't want the Irish crown jewels, surely. Well, no. it's just because they're you called stole the Irish crown jewels. The symbolism of a British monarchy, and we want them back. Also, fuck you. Yeah, because they're also not our jewels. They were taken from the English, and just they, yeah. they were given to the Order of Saint Patrick. It just eventually they started calling the Irish crown jewels. Right, but hey, still they're ours, and I imagine they're green. Yeah, but he, at the time, stole them, if he did steal them, from the British government. Hey, 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 hey. You have to fucking pay five grand of a, of a libel <laughs> case there. No? We cannot, Defamation. we can't take that sort of heat. I love how even with, like, irregardless of inflation, we still can't take that sort of heat. Like, a oh, hundred no, years that's, later. That's not going to work, man. <laughs> but uh, the investigation for the jewels was a long one and included some fairly out there ideas. Like, uh, <laughs> I didn't like, I didn't enjoy this. Psychics telling the police to gr- <laughs> dig up graves because they knew where the jewels were buried. Now that didn't work. Did it at not? All. No, somehow. But it probably was a better idea than Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who was a distant cousin of Vickers. He offered his assistance. Oh. Which was probably about as useful as the psychic because neither of them are detectives. They that both is just make up stories. Amazing. I ah, oh, what's the modern equivalent? So he like is this the modern equivalent of like I'm not a doctor, like, but I play one on TV. Was he was yeah. he into his own bullshit? Yes, it's exactly what it was. Oh, it's that's kind of like, amazing. It's like if Dan Brown walked in, walked yeah. into. Like, no, dude, you you make everything up. It's like no, but trust me, I am an expert in this. You're like no, oh. precursor to all of your books, say everything in this is fiction. You're like no, but fucking trust me, I've got this. Where is the movie of the story? I want John Kane to come in from Scotland Yard and then just well, to he... be outshined by a man wearing the Sherlock Holmes hat with his pipe. Well, do you, it was uh, was Sherlock ever was he kind of based on Sir Arthur Conan Doyle? And what I'm asking is, was Sir Arthur Conan Doyle a heroine addict? <laughs> Maybe, yes. Um, yeah, because you, you can see it then with a, just a lot of drugs when he's walking around Dublin going, I've cracked the case. <laughs> you're like, Come on, man. Get off yeah. Abbey Street. Come if, you're on, a fan of, well, if you're a fan of heroin, there's no better place in Dublin City. But, uh, other theories suggest that uh, it may have been a Republican group who was involved in stealing the jewels. Others say it could have been a Unionist group. Or maybe Lord Haddo, the guy who was stealing them and posting them back, had did it. Uh, well, he was out of the country at the time. I so feel like he, he's probably in the clear because he he had, you know, he had them. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's like yeah. if you've stolen the jewels but given them back, you're probably far less likely to. <laughs> somehow probably, that's, yeah. you're you're taken out. It's like no, no, no. He he has before thefted the jewels. He has stolen them, but he's he's a good skin. He gave them back. He would have um, only done it as a prank. Yeah. Now, so they were they were never found. They're still out there, Kev. The Irish crown jewels to this day are still missing. That's cra- They're definitely in the Arctic then. Um, or the Antarctic. More than likely. Or else someone just misplaced them around Dublin Castle and then couldn't uh, find them. So it's it's easier to go, ah, someone stole them than to, you know, to look around. <laughs> um, people just going, hey, they're probably in the last place you looked. I was like, they're around Vickers' neck. I don't know. <laughs> He's dead. The whole case has gone cold. I don't know. But yeah, that's uh, that's our, our. I don't know. We've been we've making it a tradition now to do a a, a crown jewel story. 
Yeah. Almost every year. Uh, we, we might run out pretty soon, though. Uh, no, I can't think of any other ones. But, I mean, if we just do three, that's pretty. The Russian crown jewels, Thomas Blood and, and the, the British crown jewels, and now the Irish crown jewels. And then the jewels belonging to the most illustrious order of St. Patrick. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, that's what I also didn't know that uh, Arthur Conan Doyle would have been alive. I thought he was older than that. That he would have been no, alive been, during the 1920s. Probably would have been later on at that uh, at that stage. But I think he was actually living with Vickers for a bit at the time, which is probably why he was hanging around. But just the the gall to be like, I can sort this out. You, Inspector from Scotland Yard, <laughs> I've written about your sort before. I know all <laughs> about you. <laughs> Although I feel like it seems unfair, but I assume... But yeah, you're right, Sherlock Holmes, who's famously a detective and a heroin addict. For some reason, I assume that Arthur Conan Doyle is just the heroin addict. He, like, you're supposed to write what you know, but for some reason, I assume <laughs> all the negative <laughs> bits, but none of, he doesn't know anything about police detectiving. Well, so that's when I, I looked it up, and I'm, I'm sure you'll find some accounts of people saying he did, but for the most part, no. Just an author. Like that guy, he was not, he was not a detective. Sure, yeah. Which is why the Scotland Yard were like, Thank, thanks for all of the, for the offer, uh, Sir Arthur, um, but... Do you know what would be a whole lot more useful if you just go and boil up that spoon for a <laughs> second and then uh, and have some fun for yourself over in the corner? Thanks. Cheers. Good luck. Um, that's amazing. That's uh. So who do you think did it? I or that's my favorite. Like uh, that's my favorite cop phrase when they're like, do you, "Who do you like for it? Do you like anyone for it?" I like Shackleton for it. Yeah, because. Uh, Especially with the with all the debts he accrued and everything else, like there's something up with this fella. But again, you know, you don't suspect the man who posted back the jewels. How did he get so much debt if he had the jewels? You know. Well, it was yeah, but I don't think yeah, so. I don't think it's Lord Haddo because he was out of the country and had an alibi, and also any time he had stole the jewels, he'd, he'd given them back. Right. He was only kind of having the crack with them. Uh, I don't think it was Vickers because. Um, he doesn't seem like he would have been sober enough to pull this off. Yeah, and also, like, it would have been too on the nose. Like, imagine you tried to rob the place, and then the next day, they go, um, wait, what, what happened to Jules? He goes, oh, oh, those things, yeah. Oh, shite, what's the... You haven't seen those in... Was, I think the last time, I think Shackleton might have them, I think, maybe. <laughs> uh, no, you're going to jail, so that's why I don't think it's him. It's well, also, also, I mean, yeah, his... He just like his whole life was basically just getting pissed and wearing the jewels whenever he wanted. Why would he seal them? Yeah. I mean, what exactly. well, he, he literally he couldn't access. have gotten better a better status in life. Damn. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Uh, so then I think we're are we, are we coming to the conclusion it's definitely Shackleton. It's definitely Shackleton. Okay. Well, it's Francis Shackleton. <laughs> we were waiting for that uh, five grand fine from well, the Shackleton uh, Heritage Fund. If they do get on to us, ah, there might be a trip for us to Antarctica. Not so wait, where so where were they? They're from Kildare, was it? Ah, something like that, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure, I think that's the end of this episode. Great. Cool. Very good episode. Thank you very much, Kevin. That's, uh, we went light-hearted enough because, uh, I just picked a story where there was no one getting killed or maimed. He got, or... He, he got dragged out and shot in front of his wife. I actually feel like we skipped over that a bit. That's hard. That's... Oh, yeah, there was... There was that bit, but that's how I assume that's how most deaths occur at the end. If you get to you know your later years, you get into your fifties plus uh, in that time, that time period, you're just going to end up. It's kind of like how they say like 
you know, a hundred percent of men out uh, over the age of eighty will get prostate cancer. Oh, sure, yeah. A hundred percent of men who live past the age of fifty in nineteen twenties Ireland will be pulled from their bed at night time and <laughs> shot in the head in front of their wife with a placard around their neck saying you're a tout for the Gardaí. And tell me this, sir, have you ever spoken to or waved at any British person in your life? Well, I shoot him. Guilty as sin. Drag him out of his home. Yeah. Okay, well then, Kev, I will see you next week, as well as all of you good listeners. Perfect. All right. Good luck. Shafter. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.